Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Only seven Count them, seven football games left until the end of August. Relish in them, enjoy them as much as you can, because they will go quickly. Sports Talk Mississippi, Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you on this Friday. That's right, this week in the divisional round, that's four. Next weekend, the conference championships, that's two. And the Super Bowl makes one. Four plus two plus one equals seven. That is all the football that we have left on this year. 2022-23 football season. I'm excited, but also a little sad. It's just that time of year. This is that time of year where it starts to wind down, and you know all we can do is uh, get ready for spring football. Which now is going to be interesting around here. In both places, we yeah. have a new offense coming to Mississippi State. And we have a quarterback battle, apparently, coming to Ole Miss. So spring football is going to be nice for us around here in the content game. I mean, with all due respect to the fans who, you know, love your teams regardless, we're going to milk that for what it's worth, <laughs> just being <Yes>. honest. <laughs> we've got we got a little more content than we were planning on originally. I mean, think about it, you know, if nothing had changed at Mississippi State, and I think we kind of wished nothing had changed at Mississippi State, Absolutely. obviously. With, because of the nature of the change. But if nothing had changed at State, and let's say that for whatever reason, Ole Miss decided not to pursue two starting caliber quarterbacks, spring practice would have been the most boring thing ever at both of these schools. You'd have known exactly what you were getting with everything, and nothing would have been different. And Instead, there's real stories to be to be learned about, real questions to ask about both of these teams. So, yeah, we, we, we got a little bonus out of... Uh, Spring practice issue that we will probably would never will never get again. Yeah, not like this. Anyway, at least I don't think so. But yeah, seven football games left for this weekend. We've talked about them a good bit this week. Jacksonville, Kansas City, Giants at Philly. I've completely changed my mind on that game. By the way, I think the Giants are going to get smoked. I've completely changed okay. my mind. Okay. I don't uh, run defense I don't especially. But anyway, Bengals at Bills, which you could get weather in two of these four games. You could get weather possibly in Kansas City. 
you're probably going to get weather late in Buffalo either way. And Cowboys, Niners, that's your slate this weekend. There's also the, what is it, the Polynesian Bowl tonight. I think Ole Miss has a player playing in it. So if you really are just jonesing for some football and you're an Ole Miss fan and you want to watch one of your future players play against a bunch of kids you've never heard of, then you can also watch that tonight. So you can, I guess you can count that. Maybe. No. It's totally countable. I won't be watching in full transparency. But you don't have to watch, but you can you can watch it. You can watch it if you want. It's so, football. Are state fans jacked up to watch Dak play? I've that that dynamic's interesting. So based on my limited, so like I don't live in every county in the state. I've lived in four counties of the eighty-two in Mississippi. So I don't have a grasp of everything. You know, it's I, two more than me. I, I don't know what it's like everywhere. But my observation tells me that this is a Saints state with Cowboys fans and a lot of state fans that root for the Cowboys because of Dak. So is this, are, mm-hmm. are like state fans like looking forward to this weekend or, or uh, what's that dynamic like? Well, I mean, it's not state fans; it's Cowboy fans. It's you know, there, there, there's some overlap, obviously, and I, and I and definitely the Cowboys picked up a ton of fans. I, I know some people who were not Cowboy fans until Dak got there, and now they are. So those people are super excited. As a state, most state fans who aren't Cowboys fans, I mean, they, they'd like Dak to do well. They'll pull for him, but to say that they're excited for the game, I think, would be a, a stretch. Going to pause this for a second because uh, Brad and Ponatalk has sent a message that I, I, I think I will be thinking about this message for the rest of the weekend. He said, I am more apt to watch the USFL and XFL than I am the next seven NFL games. Wow. What? All right. So you will watch worse football played by worse players in worse atmospheres in April. You would rather do that than this? What? I don't. I, I will think about that all weekend. There's something for everybody. I don't mean to, to hate on you. To each their own, I suppose. XFL's got to have fans, too. I saw that, what is it, the Houston Renegades or whatever, has like a dedicated yeah. fan page where they've got diehard Renegades fans out there that like have bar meetups and stuff. So everybody, everything's got supporters out there, no doubt. But to choose to not watch, or, or to say that you would more likely watch the XFL and USFL over the divisional rounds, the conference championships, and the Super Bowl, is something that I will think about for the rest of the week. And if, if that's a political thing, I mean, every player playing in the XFL and USFL games would rather be playing in the NFL. Every one of them. <laughs> so you're not you're not getting away from any political sentiment there. Uh, Rudy says, I'm with him. What is wrong with you guys? I mean, I would love to know why. Seriously, genuinely curious. Why would you rather watch worse football in smaller, empty stadiums in an off time of year? Blows Absolutely blows my mind. But, hey, uh, to each their own. Um Dwayne says, I'm depressed. Can we rush baseball? Not too far away, my friend. Yeah. Was it four weeks? We'll be doing a countdown starting on uh, on Monday, I guess. Is it four weeks? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, this weekend in one month will be the weekend. So, okay. uh, yeah, I guess. The 28th. Well, today's the 20th, right? So the 27th, the 3rd, the 10th. Five weeks. 
Oh, still five weeks. So yeah. 35 days away. That can't be right either, though. The first, first pitch is on the 7th. No, because today's the 20th, so 30 and plus. I don't know. I don't know, man. If first pitch know. is the 17th, we're 28 days away. All right, there you go. That's what you needed to know. <laughs> Somebody says Tennessee, uh, the quarterback commit, the $7.5 million quarterback, so literally he's half as good as Jaden Rashada is also playing in that Polynesian Bowl tonight. Um Seven and a half million dollars. Seven and a half million. So they say dollars. So they say. At least Tennessee's got the money. Yeah, at least they got the the contract taken care of. <laughs> they didn't have to go backseas on anybody. <laughs> Chase is a guarantee that guy texts back with something to do with what you mentioned. Hey, Dad. For it's uh, political. For sure. Yeah, it's hundred percent. Yeah, no question. Somebody says, I'm correct, Saints fans, but there are a lot of Dak fans uh, around here. Bit of a melting yeah. pot the state of Mississippi is with the NFL, but... Yeah. Got Tennessee fans up in the north part, and there's there's some Falcon fans here. and you know Malcolm Reed holds it down for the Vikings up there in uh, in Hernando. Oh, so. That's a... Feel, feel bad for him for, I, uh, for if that. we ever get I, if I the next time we have him on I got to know why he's a Vikings fan I got to know what the the connection is there there's no way he just picked them he just yeah. pulled their name out of a hat he obviously has to have some sort of connection there if you're listening Malcolm feel free to tweet at us we'd love to know why you are a, a Vikings fan we've got Steelers fans because he's a big they hang out he's a big rebel too so to. it's not like yeah, it's, it's like oh Steelers fans are like Cowboys fans they're they're everywhere like the the, the Vikings fans like. I understand, like a lot of Ole Miss fans became Giants fans when Eli was there, but like I, I don't remember any Ole Miss players going to the Vikings, so I don't know. I don't know that 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 wouldn't be the connection there. So I don't know. I, I, I'm 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 interested. Maybe he just thinks he looks like a Viking, so it it fits him. That's not a that's actually not you, that he could totally rock the helmet yeah, with he the, the two horns on either side. So. Aaron and Marie, it says, I'm a Packers fan. See, there's melting pot, I swear. But this postseason yeah. so far has had some good games, hoping for more this weekend. With my team being out, I'm rooting for the Bills. And so, again, the Packers are in their team with some local interest, you know, from, from years past. Yeah, the far of uh, days. So yeah, 28 yeah. days. We get a handful of those messages. Yeah, 28 days from the start of college yeah. baseball season. High hopes and expectations around here, but that's just kind of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how it should be. Justin says a lot of Mississippians like pulled for the Giants through the years. Somebody says I was a Colts yeah. and Broncos fan because of Peyton. Well, you might get a different Peyton in Denver. Well, we may get to that uh, later on in the show. Um, Sean Peyton apparently seeking a contract worth north of $20 million annually. And two as franchises. As we get that first round pick, don't care. Yeah, and two franchises are like, okay. <laughs> They're like, yeah, okay. We can do that. It's, to- it's worth it if he wins. If you get a winning season, it's worth $20 million. Didn't Treadwell go to the Vikings? He did, but Malcolm was a fan before then. And also, uh, Treadwell is with. Um, who is he with now? No Seattle, I think. I think he's with Seattle. Is he? Yeah, because he, uh, he played in the. The wild card game. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, I think that's where uh, where he is now. We got a Bears fan in Tupelo. That's Calvin. We got a Jets fan that just texted in. Melting pot. Oh well. Who dat? Even though the the team has just decided to run it back. OC staying. Dennis Allen is staying. So, woohoo! 
Sports Talk Mississippi will talk about the <laughs> aforementioned Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Big game coming up on Sunday. We'll be right back. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry. Poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. That's a cool message. Seahawk fan here. I, I love the how did you become a fan stories. I, I absolutely love them for some reason. They just, this one right here. My first duty station in the Navy was there. Went to my first game. Got to see the stadium in 1981. That is awesome. Really, really cool. It's little things like that. You become you a fan for life. You know, dad took me to a game when I was seven. Been hooked ever since. Whatever the, the case may be, but... Because you were in the Navy and you got stationed there and went to a game, that that's uh, that's good stuff. Thank you for uh, listening and, uh, of course, your service. Dan in Hattiesburg mentions Fred Smoot, by the way, being a Viking. That's true. That's true. On top of Favre, who gifted the Saints a Super Bowl by throwing back across the field. <laughs> I love the Paul Allen call yeah. of that. <laughs> what is he? What are you doing, man? <laughs> It's a Super Bowl. Uh, or no, what does he say? It's the NFC Week Championship four against Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> no, he says it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe what I'm seeing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. So Hopefully we'll have some good moments like that this weekend. Yeah, hopefully so. So, I mean, we, we've talked about it a bunch. Uh, the X Factor for the Cowboys in Dak, I think, is C.D. Lamb. I think I think he's got to go off and have a big game, and of course that directly ties to his quarterback getting him the football when he gets open. But as we mentioned earlier in the week, I think weapon for weapon, the 49ers are better than the Cowboys. They've just got more of them, more reliable, more explosive ones. So somebody like C.D. Lamb's got to be able to have, to be highly productive, I think, for the Cowboys, and he's certainly capable of that. Because despite the Brock Purdy love, and I've contributed to that, Dallas is better there. And the fact that First Take even considered saying that San Francisco was better there, even though they said it straight up, is is crazy to me. But, yeah, I think in order for Dallas to keep up, it's it's got to be C.D. Lamb in a big game from him. And, of course, his quarterback's got to protect the ball and get it to him. But, you know, that's a given. Yes. And I think that's, you know, I, I like to think that Dak will build off of the game that he had on Monday, right? I feel like that's the kind of game that can become the foundation of what you are going forward. When you have a big game in the playoffs, you know, a, a legend. I, you know, I, I feel like Dak is the kind of player who can build off of that game and have another good one in another hostile environment against another really good team. I mean, Tampa is not really that good, but. But San Fran is, and and that's going to be a very tough environment for him. But I feel like Dak can get through it. It's just going to be, you know, it's just going to be who makes bigger plays throughout the game. Because I think this, I think this game in particular will be a game of big plays. 
How nervous will Cowboys fans be when that game comes down to a kick? Can you see what I'm? Can, if you're watching on Super Talk TV, you might you might know what I'm trying to. You know, you, let's just put you say, say you could get a lump of coal and turn it into a diamond if you, if you put it in the right place. <laughs> the pressure will be immense. Oh man. Another cool one. My dad took me to my first NFL game in 1967. The New Orleans Saints been a fan for life. And, man, to stick with them through what they put you through since that day in 1967 shows that you are one committed individual. They gave you every reason not to cheer for them after that for a long time. Yeah. Didn't they have a losing record with the NFL's number one defense multiple times? I think that happened more than once, where they had the number one scoring defense in the NFL and had a losing record. I think that happened more than once. It's it's possible. The NFL is the kind of league where that can happen. So, In college, you have the number one defense. You're probably pretty good. Awesome. Buddy in D'Iberville went to a Titans game in Nashville three years ago. Been a fan since. Thank you, buddy, for listening. Always glad to have you. Tom says, was a Niners fan when I was younger. Loved Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, of course, with the Jerry Rice-Mississippi connection. Hated Dallas, so when Dak went to the draft, my only thought was anybody but the Cowboys. <laughs> that uh, that worked out. Now he's come full circle, and he'll have a Cowboys t-shirt on Sunday evening. And then we have the, the opposite of that. A Jets fan. I was a Cowboys fan as an Ole Miss fan, but couldn't cheer for Dak, so I had to get a new team. I understand. I trust me. I get it. I get it. I had I had a lot of the same issues with the Saints when they took Deuce. I didn't want Deuce on my team. I, I learned to live with it and ended up he being, became one of my favorite players. That's fine. Though. I get it. I get it. But why the Jets, man? <laughs> you could have gone anywhere. You're a free agent. You could have taken the Patriots at that time. Going out of New Orleans. Still got the I mean, Super Bowl. Could have been a Saints fan. Anything. You went with the Jets. You like you just like to suffer. You're a masochist, sir. Paul's being a jerk today. He said, I'd rather watch four hours of Coco Melon on full blast than watch one second of Saints football. That is not nice. Also, I probably side with you in that, but that is not very nice. No, Bluey? For, forget Coco Melon. Get rid of Coco Melon. Um, Bluey. It's on Disney, and it's Australian. So just. You know, it's accents, and when we watch Bluey, my son talks in the accent, so that's something that we're going to have to battle. But Bluey is the only kid's show that will entertain you, the adult. It, it is really? so it is so well written, and, and it's almost like I it's see, from the parents' I don't perspective. Have the little kids anymore? Though. Yeah, you. But, yeah. but it it would it would relate to you though. It's it's more about like what parenting is like. The chaos about it as a parent, and it's so funny and witty and like wholesome and good. I I could watch Bluey all day long, even if my kid was like falling asleep next to me. I'd be fine with Bluey on. Like it's that good. It's on Disney. Break Coco Melon. Break the kid of Coco Melon because that is the worst. Sorry, excuse me. I mean, God, kill me. But Bluey's actually good. You were lucky right. that your kids didn't grow up in the Coco Melon era. Oh. Yeah, I, I certainly, you know, I certainly lucked out with Dora the Explorer. I I couldn't have been more happy with that choice, with that and Jake and the Neverland Pirates. 
Paul Those says like Bluey shows. way more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Love Bluey, and I'm 47. Exactly, and his kids are 10 and 11. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's uh, it's almost made for us. Somebody's sick of Blippy. I'm sick of Blippy too. Ooh, I'm sick of Blippy. Especially the new guy. The old guy's fine, but like kind of uncomfortable. The new guy. So hey, I've told this story before. The the old guy started making videos on YouTube because of his niece or whatever and sold his brand for like a billion dollars. And so they had to hire mm-hmm. a new guy to play the character moving forward. And he is so uncomfortable. Like, it, like when he smiles into the camera, I'm afraid like he's putting a curse on my son. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a little unnerving. I need to check this out, I guess. Let's have a look for myself. He is... Uh... Might shoot me a YouTube link. Rudy's asking about Mrs. Applebottom. That's right. She's fine. I'm man enough to admit it. Now, now, now I got to look. It's a cartoon. Uh, you realize I have to. It's a joke. No, I cartoon. get it, but I got I to gotta learn about Mrs. Applebottom. <laughs> uh, Peppa Pig is the worst. We have not done that yet. Rudy says the new Blippi is awkward. Yeah, he is. It's that laugh. It's the, <laughs> like, oh, God, don't do that again. See, being told, being told I did luck out with Dora and Jake. I, I, Dora the Explorer. I, there was a time where I could quote the movie Dora Saves the Mermaids. I have seen it so many times. <laughs> now, my, my least favorite Dora episode is one where she. Re, it's not even like the, what the the adventure is. Isn't even happening in real time. She's relaying a story that had already happened, where the babies got away. Her twin, her twin brother and sister, like rolled out in a stroller and rolled through the neighborhood or whatever. And they're like, "Should we do this to save the babies?" And I'm like, "Dora, the babies are in the house with you right now. I know they've already been saved. I know they're there right now, Dora. This whole story is crap. Who do you think you're, you're fooling?" I don't care what road we go down. I don't care if we stop the gooey geyser. The babies are safe. Prove me insane. I always wanted to like just write a fake email to Nickelodeon and be like, y'all's voice recognition software sucks. Because Dora asks if I want to do this, and I say, hell no. And it's still do it anyway. Just to see what they would come back with. <laughs> oh man! Uh. <laughs> Matthew says I'm dead. We get one uh, text. My mother bought me a Chiefs jersey when I was six. Fifty years later, still my team. I deserve Mahomes because I lived through the Elvis Gerback days. For Pete's sake, absolutely, you deserve Mahomes. He is magic. And he's going to be magic tomorrow, too. I love the Jags and the story and all that, but I, I like the the Chiefs even in that big line. We'll get to more of your messages when we come back. I'm sure we've got a ton after that. It's Sports Talk Mississippi. Junction in the Grove and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. (laughs) 
for Friday. Michael Vorky and Brian Haydad with the Hugh Richards off today. He'll be back Monday to recap the divisional round. We'll talk. You could have just you didn't you didn't have to tell anybody. When you said having fun on a Friday, everybody knew. He was there. <laughs> We're talking about how you became a fan of your team, plus also children's shows, because that's just kind of how it works. I, I was reminded the other day about the, the type of parent that I can't stand. Because we wanted to be those people, too. The whole, oh, our kid's going to be different. He'll never watch anything. And it's going it, to... And of course not. It's not because sometimes it's not you need an hour. Or it's raining outside. Or you've read every book a hundred times. And he's like, I, I can't do that. The other day... Father, we just, I just can't with this. We've got to watch some television. I was walking out of church on Sunday and I overheard a conversation between two moms about that very thing. And I I don't know kids' ages and I don't know these people. I just think it was a five year old. And she, to the other mom, when she was describing about how her kid's iPad died and like he had a meltdown and, and all that, just, you know, basic parenting conversation. Uh, when my kid's Kindle died when he was watching this, he lost it. And the other mom said, we just don't believe in giving screens to our kids. You are the worst. You're the worst. Nobody's impressed by you, and you're probably lying. Anyway, drives me nuts. Because we all do it. Everybody's done it. For, from the advent it's of screens, kids have looked at screens, all right? It's not. It's not an issue. It's it's something that people do to try to make themselves feel better about themselves, which, whatever. A lot of Barney uh, references. A lot of people had their kids grow up on Barney. I we had, we had I a little Barney it. interspersed, yeah, in there. Little Teletubbies inter- interspersed in there. Didn't the the guy that played Barney get in some kind of legal trouble? Like while at the height of the of the show. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that for a fact, so I will not speculate. Have you ever watched the movie? Uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's it's Robin Williams and Ed Norton. Where? Uh, yes. Oh man, I can't remember the name of the movie. I gotta look it up now. But where he's like the the kids show host, and you find out he's like actually a terrible person. Yeah. And so they bring in the they bring in uh, Ed Norton. And he tries to get him a uh, death to Smoochie. Death to Smoochie. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's a good movie. Very underrated. Yeah, it is. Jonathan Wiggins grew up a Dan Marino fan and is still a Dolphins fan to this day. Things are looking up for your Dolphins. I think you've got something going with your head coach. I know the season didn't end particularly well, but when you're quarterback, I know a lot of Dolphin fans. Games. In, I know a lot of Dolphin fans in this state too. Marino is mainly the reason. Our good, our friend Brandon Walker of Barstool Sports, the King of the South. He's a Dolphins fan. How did that happen? Just Marino? Marino. Marino. Every, I, Marino was huge in these kids back in the day. I appreciate hanging on to somebody that was great that didn't win. Like, you know, he didn't win. He's famous for not winning, and you're still a fan all these years. Just, I respect that It's more. just different. Like, it's just different. Like, he was so ahead of his of the game. Like, Marino now, well, of course, Marino couldn't really run, but the way he threw the ball, nobody else did that. And so it was just different. The, the Dolphins were an exciting team. 
We we get a text from our uh, chief legal counsel that says, My brother and I played Cobra on old school Nintendo no less than four hours a day when we were growing up and we're both lawyers and productive adults. See? I still play video games. Look at Same me. here. I wouldn't say I'm productive. I wouldn't say I'm productive. Yeah, but... me either. So. Yeah, we'll be all right. I'm fine. I'm fine. We get Just a an old man. What happened to shows like Sesame Street and The Electric Company? Those were entertaining and educational. Such great shows. That word in there. Sesame Street. Sesame Street is still on, though. You could still watch it. It's it's on PBS. Are they making Electric new ones? Company, I don't think it's around anymore. Yeah, they're, well, they're still making. Yeah, they still make Sesame Street. I didn't know that. Need to get yeah, James on yeah. that. A little nostalgia. There you go. Yeah, everybody loves Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch. Come on. J.R. Nettleton, also a Dolphins fan. Speaking of that, if you're, looking, if you're looking at the screen from left to right, Oscar the Grouch, Big Bird. There you go. <laughs> I'm not that tall, though. What's Cross? He's Grover. Which one's Grover? He's the blue monster that isn't Cookie Monster. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cookie Monster that's, that's also it. just, you know, um, adaptation of... An addict, but that's okay. <laughs> Come on. He just liked cookies. He's not an addict, is he? I don't know. Uh, we uh, want to make Richard the Count, though? Yes, absolutely. Richard Von. Von Ole Miss Vin. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Became a Saints fan because the people used to sit outside of my neighborhood growing up and held up a sign that said, honk, if you root for the Saints. My dad would always honk, so I learned to root for the Saints that way. That's really cool. Mike in Oxford says it crosses Bert. <laughs> does that make me Ernie? Yeah, it does. I don't want to be Ernie. Oh, it makes God. you Ernie. And I'm the Swedish chef. Hey. <laughs> bark, bark, bark. <laughs> hey, Richard. How are you doing today? I can't. I can't really do Ernie. Blues Clues was the worst. Yeah, wasn't a fan. I, you know, it was okay. It was okay. Scooby Doo and the Smurfs, great childhood. There's a new Scooby Doo show. Now, that, now we're getting into like uh, Saturday morning stuff. That's yeah. a little different. But there's a new Scooby Doo show about Velma mm-hmm. that Mindy Kaling. I've heard it's made. not good. It's the reviews are. Horrible. I heard it's like they they they're using the characters, but they have nothing to do with the original character. Yep, it's it's just she decided like, to take Velma some, and uh, yeah, turn her into something she's not. Like, like so, just yeah. a sarcastic little punk, so, basically that everybody hates. Yeah, so yeah, it, it, there you go. And I don't want that. Now, now you got to think of like Saturday morning cartoons, though, and of course you know like. When I, I I get into like my early like from like eleven to thirteen, you had like the action cartoons that were on during the afternoon, from like three to yeah. five. So you had you know GI Joe, Transformers, Thundercats, and Silverhawks. That was my lineup from three to five. Love it. Those were good times good sitting time. at Grandma's house watching those cartoons, getting getting to eat whatever you want. You know, hey, it's never it's never gonna come back to haunt me. Somebody says, I'm waiting on Blippi to go to jail. The new one's going to get locked up. Like, he has definitely committed crimes, but not like he's stolen a car. <laughs> like, he's committed weird crimes. That, like, w- when you read about it, you think, oh, what? He did what? 
He had how many snakes in his basement? Like that kind of guy. <laughs> I can't. I need to see more about it. You got me interested in a children's show. I want to see more of this. Uh, He's got how many man. snakes in the basement? That's a good. That's good. Forty uh, ers fan here. When Jerry Rice was there, ended when he left, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Mississippi connection there. Yeah. In the fourth grade, Jake says, a cute new girl came to school. She liked Ole Miss, so I decided I would like them too. Still a fan. <laughs> that poor girl. I hope you ended up with her so you got something out of that deal. Yeah, women control the world. Let, let's be honest. They just do it in subtle ways. 100%. 100%. Because they're smarter. It's like cats. Like, I've got two dogs and a cat. And the dogs are bigger. They're louder. They get more attention. But the cat controls everything. And you don't see him much. He kind of hangs out. He sleeps in, in the baby's mm-hmm. bed, by the way. For some reason, loves sleeping on the baby's bed. Just drives me nuts because his hair gets gotta all over it. has got to steal the baby's breath. But the, the cat controls everything, just subtly. And, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Maverick could take him out in a heartbeat if he wanted to. But one day, like three years ago, Maverick got too close. He got swatted on the face, and now he will not mess with the cat. Won't do it. Subtle. That's all it takes. 6018794395, by the way, is the text line. If we don't read yours, it doesn't mean that we don't appreciate you. There's just they are a lot. flying in, by the way. Between the cartoons and the NFL stuff, it is it is all over it. David says, Fortnite rocks, sure beats Pong. Madden 34 is okay, too. I've never played Fortnite. I, you can get it for free on the PS5. Maybe I should can. try it. I, I'm doing that right now. Pick the no-build version, though. No-build? Yeah, there's okay. like 12-year-olds that are just like cracked out on like Sprite or Mountain Dew that they shouldn't be having. The Sour Patch or, Kids. Or just, it, it's insane, but... Any, uh, anyway, another one grew up a Roger Staubach and Randy White fan because of my dad. Still okay. a Cowboys fan today. Yeah. Dads are the main reason of what we are a fan of. Now, that's that's just a true statement. No doubt. Xbox for me, Chris. Uh, always Xbox because of Halo. But anyway. 601-879-4395 is the text line. Exactly. Really enjoy. I'm just having fun today. We'll talk hoops at some point. Is it a must win for Mississippi State tomorrow? I think so. So we'll talk about that as well as your messages when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. has added a couple of defensive transfers today. Defensive back from North Texas and also a guy who might have my favorite name, Monty Montgomery. Monty Monty. The linebacker from Louisville just committed well, let's to Let's go Montgomery Montgomery. That would be better. Montgomery Montgomery. That's a, that's a much more Ole Miss name, too. 
That sounds like a 90s country cover band. Okay, I like that. I like where you're going. Like, we only do Montgomery Gentry and John Michael Montgomery covers. That's all we do. Montgomery, Montgomery. Only 80s, Joel, sir. I like that. (laughs) So, yeah, there you go. Two uh, portal guys for uh, for Ole Miss. Apparently there's probably going to be one more. At some point this weekend, an Alabama linebacker. We'll see if that comes to fruition before 6 o'clock. I'm Michael Bork. He's Brian Haydad. Uh, Mississippi State tomorrow night, 7.30, SEC Network hosting Florida. The net is dropping for State. It's still fine. They're in the mid to late 50s. A loss here will drop them at least into the 60s. So I ask the question... Probably an overly simple question, but is this a must-win for Mississippi State and Chris Jans tomorrow night if they want to keep the hopes alive of making the tournament? <sighs> no, but barely. They could lose this game as long as they get hot at the back end of the season and be okay, but a win would really go a long way. Really go a long way. Because they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose the next two after this. They're certainly going to lose at Alabama. I can't, with any good conscience, predict them to win that. And then TCU coming in as a ranked team. They're a really, really good team. This feels like State's best chance to win before they get out of this tough stretch. Where I mean, they've in their first what uh, they've played six. They have two more. So, so their first eight conference games plus the TCU game, they'll have played six ranked teams. That's just a tough stretch for anybody, let alone Mississippi State. So. It's not must win. It's not win or you're out, but it would be a very good win for their resume. What's the crowd going to be like? You know, I was kind of I was pleasantly surprised on Tuesday uh, with the Tennessee game uh, that you know it was a little late arriving, and that's going to be the case when you have a six o'clock tip. I mean, people yeah. want to come up from Jackson. It's it's tough to get there, you know, right at time. But the student crowd was really really good. And I, by the end of the game, it had filled in pretty nicely. I think people are still excited about Chris Jans and the way this team is playing right now. They would like to see some wins. You know, State goes on a really long spiel by the end of the time you get to play Texas A&M and, and, and those games at the end of the season. Maybe nobody in the hump. But I think people are still excited. I think there'll be a decent crowd tomorrow night, especially I think there'll be a great student crowd. Oh, and no doubt. There, uh, there should be anyway. I mean, they just have to kind of mm-hmm. walk across the street in most cases. Um what, do you, what have you seen from Florida? Have you watched much Florida? Honestly, I have not. No, but I'm surprised with Castleton back. They're not a little bit better than they are. You know, that's one of the top big men in the SEC. But they just don't have they don't have a lot of pieces around him. Um, they're, they're not a great rebounding team. I had this great stat from yesterday, or at least I thought it sounded great in my head. But they only about rebounded their opponents by two. Not two per game. Two. They have two more rebounds on the season than their opponents do which is just weird for an SEC team with a guy like Castleton, who's a really good rebounder. So, you know, first year with Todd Golden there, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of like State. They're figuring things out. I don't think that Mike White left them in a particularly good place. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I think State has a, has a chance to win. If State plays the way they played against Tennessee, you know, Florida's not as good as Tennessee. So, and they're not as good as Auburn. So, they've played better the last two weeks. If they can play, put another effort out like that out again, I think they have a good chance to get a win. So, uh, them letting Mike White go, I guess people praise it at the time, but did he, he is the most did they, underappreciated. Did they let him coach. go, or did he? Did, he, did they let him go, or did he just go to Georgia? Wasn't that because he kind of knew that 
days are numbered. Well, got to reset. He might he might have got out ahead of the cavalry there, ahead of, ahead of the posse. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that they were going to fire him because you got to remember, you know, I don't know that Strickland Scott Strickland at that time wanted to have a, a year where he had a football and a basketball head coaching search in the same year. That's a tough year. Yeah. So I don't know. It's pretty wild though. So in his first year, they went to the NIT into the quarters, and then mm-hmm. went to the Elite Eight. Won a game in the tournament, won a game in the tournament, had a tournament team, but the season got canceled because of COVID, and won a game in the tournament. And then it was his last year. It's a really nice well, run. He had, he had the mistake of following, he was the guy who followed the guy. Yep. Followed Billy Donovan, who won two national titles. So, you know, you see, he reset the expectations in Florida, and in doing so, uh, Mike White was not ever to make them. Get this message. Yes, it's a must win because if they can't beat Florida, they they cannot go nine and nine or even eight and ten. It is a must win. So yeah, tomorrow night, SEC Network, seven thirty. We'll see. Yeah. We will there see. It is, yeah. Florida in Starkville. It's fast first hour. We'll talk more NFL playoffs. I've also got a story for if you're a coffee drinker. Um, You are damaging the environment, apparently. So let's roast that. Pun kind of intended. When we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi on a Friday. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here. On Super Talk Mississippi. Going to be very specific about this. So, I'm sure they do it in other stadiums too, but I went to an Ohio State game. And after the team's done with their pregame warm ups, they all they gather in the end zone with their arms locked and they start from, from one side of the field in the end zone and they walk slowly and then they turn where they're all on the gold line, arms locked. And then I guess the punter has his final punt and he kicks the ball to the middle of the field. And they rock back and forth and run and gather to the middle of the field. Somebody gives them a pump-up speech and they run off the field. They played that mm-hmm. song while that was going on. And for some reason I thought, that That's is great. the perfect time to play that song right there. As the team's done with their Good warm-ups, choice. about to get in and get yelled at uh, at the time by uh, Jim Trussell. That's how long ago that was, but I remember it vividly. Anyway, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Are you a coffee drinker? I know you're not. Like I am not never, like never in your life. I, at any I point? have never, never had a, never, never had a cup of coffee in my life. You've never even tried it. No, the smell of it is just it. Really, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be having this discussion considering they're one of my sponsors. But I just don't like coffee. Hey, you don't have to consume it to know that it's good. I mean, I've, I've tasted it, and like a little sip, and 
It's not good. I can't live without it. It's not for Brian. Uh, Well, well, you're saving the environment, apparently. I can't live without it, and therefore I am a bad person. If you're a coffee drinker out there, sorry, you're destroying the planet, according to the New York Post. Canadian researchers analyzed coffee's, quote, contribution to climate change, end quote, in a piece published in early January and suggested people should moderate their consumption of the popular drink as part of the solution. A handful of researchers, whose names I'm not going to read because they're kind of confusing their Canadian, so who cares, wrote in an analysis published by The Conversation that pollution from preparing coffee was, quote, just the tip of the iceberg, end quote. Well, if you keep drinking coffee, there's not going to be any icebergs, you terrible people. Here's a quote from the study. Limiting your contribution to climate change requires an adapted diet, and coffee is no exception. Choosing a mode of coffee preparation that emits less GHGs, greenhouse gases, and moderating your consumption are part of the solution, the researchers wrote at the University of Quebec at Chictamudi. I don't know. It's like an offshoot campus of the University of Quebec in Canada. I'm sure, a lot of really good stuff is happening there. The study also found that using coffee pods to brew coffee contributed less to the carbon footprint in brewing coffee with a traditional filter. Our analysis clearly showed that traditional filter coffee has the highest carbon footprint, mainly because greater quality of coffee powder is used to produce the amount of coffee. This process also consumes more electricity to heat the water and keep it warm. So sorry, guys. You're ruining the planet. All you. Well... I mean, everything we do seems to do this, so we might as well just do what you want. Yeah, no, that you, you, we're not we're not going back to living in caves and just letting the grass grow. We're not; it's just never going to happen. So you know, yeah. just do what you got to do. It's definitely the coffee drinking middle class workers that are ruining the environment, the environment, and not like the people that are flying private jets everywhere and. The factories in China that have no oversight that just shoot gas up into the air. It's our coffee. It's not those people. It's it's me on my $20 Mr. Coffee Maker that I put a Mardi Gras blend in this morning. Yeah, it's me. It's my fault for sure. I got to limit my consumption or else the world's going to burn for sure. Makes sense. Terrible when you person. Think about it. And, and, you know, we need to put diapers on cows because anyway. This is uh, this is actually sports talk, Mississippi. Though appreciate you guys being uh, a part of the show today. Will says, as long as there are yachts in the ocean and private jets in the sky, I'm going to keep chugging my coffee every morning. Right there with you, buddy. Right there it's with you. Very fair. Very fair assessment. Bet these researchers don't drink coffee. Yeah, I'm sure they don't. Sure. They uh, they don't. They just inject it directly into their veins. Uh, pretty much. So Jaden Rashada, by the way, the quarterback that's caused all the drama, Florida did the only thing they could do, and they released him from his national letter of intent. So he is back on the free market. Apparently he's going to be visiting Arizona State here soon. <clears throat> also, Colorado is on the docket for pennies on the dollar that was promised to him surprised by time. that? Yeah. As well, as always, you should always consider Arizona State. But Colorado, I mean, who could have seen that coming, right? I'll be surprised if he doesn't end up there, to be totally honest. Um, speaking of ending up there, th- there were people 
a few people, not many, but there were people that texted into our show when Coach Prime was considering his options of leaving Jackson State. And we had people say he won't get players at Colorado. Well, we're learning that's not true. A five-star, the number one cornerback in this class. So don't forget, signing day happened, but there's another one coming, and not everybody has signed with their school. The number one corner for two consecutive seasons has signed with Deion Sanders. Flipped his commitment. Cormani McClain, who's from Lakeland, Florida, was a Miami commit. Didn't sign in December. Was going to sign in February. Flipped that commitment to Colorado. Coach Prime is going to Lakeland, Florida with Colorado on his chest and flipping five stars from Miami. You can still think that it's going to be a disaster. Miami. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? You can think he's going to fail, and maybe he does, but if you thought that he wasn't going to get players upon players upon players, you are just, you were simply it's foolishness. wrong. Just foolishness, and, and such is life. Uh, you know, I, like you said, will he be successful? Who knows? But the first, the first step in being a successful college football coach is getting good players, and Deion Sanders is going to get good players. I mean, he, he his his defensive backfield right now is the number one cornerback in the country in the last two high school recruiting classes, Travis Hunter and Kamani McClain. Not at Alabama, not at Georgia, not at not at Texas or Oklahoma or USC or Ohio State. The number one cornerback in the twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three classes play for Colorado. Colorado. That's all you need to know. He's fascinating. That's all you need. I mean, yeah. My YouTube algorithm has apparently just like bought into to Coach Prime because everything, which everything, is recorded and put on YouTube. Every team meeting, every staff meeting, everything that they put online, which is not all that uh, uncommon, by the way. Like like Ole Miss and State have Mm -hmm. cameras that follow around their football program. Often they they don't post it always, but there's always cameras on. But Man, people criticized his first team meeting and, and stuff, and I get it. And, and people criticized Tim Brewster's first team meeting where he made the team stand up at it like they were in the military. Stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, and it was kind of goofy. But a lot of his messages are they're good. I mean, it's it's very when I watch, I think I don't know how people don't think that this guy won't resonate with kids and, and be successful. It's it's little things, and it's it's things that like. You know, all of you listening think are not crazy, but for example, he he got every female that works in the department to to come into a team meeting, and, and he said to them, "If I find out that you don't always treat them respectfully, if you are rude, if you are not nice, if you are anything, if you treat them with anything but respect, you are off my team. We will not. There will not be questions. There will not be second chances. You are gone. Full stop." If I find out that you and your girlfriend got a fight and it went too far, there's no conversations. It's over. And you might be thinking, well, well, no, duh, of course. But still, it's it's things like that that, I, that I've, I'm impressed by. He had another one where he was talking about, I think it was, was in an interview, where he was talking about that he, he wants Colorado to be a place where it's where everybody, regardless of their race, feels welcome. And it's, you know, you don't hear that so openly where he was like no I want the black kids to feel just like the white kids and that's what we're going to do here 
And some news outlets yeah. clickbaited that and made it sound like he was saying that he's going to give special treatment to the black players. No, when you listen to him, he was being spot on. It was the environment here is going to be you are treated the same and looked at the same regardless of who you are and where you came from and what you look like and what you look like. And what's crazy is that is a message that's not common anymore. It's ridiculous, but it's yeah. true. Yeah. I always make the joke that and I think I've made it on this show, but our our football coach, he treated us all the same. Like dogs. <laughs> like garbage. But behind all the <laughs> yeah. behind all the flash and stuff is is substance. There's substance there. There's some genuine. There's a guy there. with a plan. There's a guy with a plan to be a winner at the highest levels of college football. Simple as that. He understands how to do it. I, I believe in the guy. I really do. Hunter says I'm pretty sure most programs treat all the kids the same. Really? Really? The point is, okay. though, Hunter, is, is that's the, the message, as, as opposed to what you hear so often where everybody's different and we have to divide everything and everything's got to be a category. His category is, if you've got Colorado on, we're treating you the same. And you don't hear that much. Sports Talk Mississippi. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. We'll get picks from Bruce here in about 15 minutes from right now. If you're betting divisional rounds or even some college basketball, we'll get a couple college basketball picks from him. You want to do that at Pearl River Resort, by the way. The sportsbook at the timeout lounge right there. Oh, just a short drive here from the metro area. And if you are, uh, I mean, it's centrally located, easy drive from most of Mississippi. If you want to go to the sportsbook, eat some good food, Lay some bets down on the NFL games this weekend or college basketball games this weekend. Sportsbook at Timeout Lounge at Pearl River Resort has got you covered. On that note, so if the Bengals and the Bills both, or excuse me, if the Bills and the Chiefs both win, that game will be played in Atlanta. Neutral site because DeMar Hamlin and his... His injury, I guess that's what we'll call it, his injury caused the... Cancellation of the Bills Bengals. I don't know game. any other way to how to put it. You yeah. know, ailment, and it led to some medical issue. Medical issue led to some weird stuff with the standings and who gets home field throughout and all that. So they decided, forget it. We're just going to play the game in Atlanta, neutral site, all that. The issue that is now arising is the NFL has really liked the fan reception of that. the The game's already sold out. They offered to each team season ticket holders a preemptive opportunity to buy tickets. They will be refunded, of course, if the game is not played. But they have loved the response. And they think that there's a chance that they can make more money on this. So they're now considering, for the conference championship games, going backwards, going more towards college football and not playing those in home stadiums anymore. They're considering playing those at neutral sites in perpetuity, and that would be such a mistake, in my opinion. Can't do that. You just can't do that. You can't ask. I mean, 
NFL tickets are, are so expensive as it is. Now you're asking fans to shell out for travel. And no, it's just not going to happen. I, I don't. I mean, how many people do they really think are going to show up to this game in Atlanta for the Bills versus they sold the Chiefs? It out. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm. I'm very. I'm very surprised by that. Very surprised. I won't lie. I'm very surprised. You guys know me. I, I love the NFL. I, I watch it all the time. I think it's a better, pure football product than college. I love them both. It's fine. It's not something that's worth debating because it's both awesome. But one thing the NFL has over college for sure is the playoff environments. Because in college football, they don't play in home stadiums. Obviously, they play at neutral sites. And while the games this year were great, the atmospheres, they were fine. But one thing that co- that the NFL has over college is the games up until the Super Bowl are played in home stadiums where you get the feel of Arrowhead. You get the feel of Buffalo. You get the feel of the Superdome and, and everything that comes with it. And the teams earned the right to play at home as well. That, that's what I was going to say. You know, We talk about college and opting out sometimes. If you're in the NFL and all the playoffs are neutral site games... Once you've clinched a playoff spot, what's the point? There isn't one. You just, you know, tell Mahomes to sit down for three or four weeks because, hey, we're in the playoffs. We don't need to worry about that. Keep you healthy. You know, play a few series to keep you sharp, but that's all we're going to do. Yeah, because what's the point? There's no home field advantage anymore. I, I, I hope that doesn't right. happen because. I, I think it'll, I think it won't. I mean, I just. I feel like it shouldn't. Like Philly, for example, in the NFC Championship would be an absolute freaking madhouse. Just a madhouse. Which would contribute mightily to the quality of the game. Why do you want to get rid of that? Yes. It just it, Why would you do that to yourself? I know everything's about money and, and all that, but man, you've got something good going. Are you really going to make that much more? Because it's all about TV. It's not venue. Like maybe you make a, right. a bigger cut on tickets, but not that much when you're making eleven billion dollars a year. What does a neutral yeah. site give to you? Probably anyway. We get a message that says they probably sold it out to Ticketmaster or StubHub. Uh, there, there's I mean, that's the other thing that, and, and somebody said it on the on the on the text line. It's like it's a sellout wherever. So who cares? Right. It's not like it's not selling out in Buffalo or Kansas City or Cincinnati or Jacksonville or wherever they play it. It's going to be a sellout. The the Ticketmaster StubHub thing, artists are pushing back. I saw a clip of, of Kid Rock, of all people, where I guess he either recently completed or is planning a tour where the tickets are capped and you can't buy them on a secondary market. It's like... It's like $20 tickets or whatever, and the beer is like $4 a beer, and all the concessions are cheap. And I forget what he called the tour. It had like a a goofy name, like the trailer park tour, implying that it's super cheap to go. Because these ticket brokers have just destroyed the experience of going to shows. I mean, it's absurd how much, because of these secondary ticket markets that own everything. I mean, they have online bots and algorithms that just buy up all the tickets. So if a band you want to see is coming to town and the band is like, hey, we want to sell our tickets for 50 bucks a pop. Well, all of those get bought right away and they are sold on the secondary markets for five times more than what they were initially worth. Or you get situations like Live Nation and Ticketmaster who double dip in it because 
you have to like pay to, to pre-buy and then you buy, or these companies or these bot farms will buy them all up, so you pay Ticketmaster fees, and then they'll relist them on a website that Ticketmaster owns, and they will then get the fees on top of that. So they get to double dip in these ticket purchases. I am glad to see people, at least in the music industry, I'm waiting for sports to catch up as well, start to push back on and realize we don't need Ticketmaster anymore. We don't need them anymore. Right. We got technology. We can get one tech guy to build a website and say, here's a ticket with a serial number. You can't resell it. If you do, it's gone forever. We ban your whatever. I mean, there's ways around it. But I I wanted to take the family to a show. I'm not going to say which one here recently. And the prices, because they're all in the secondary market now, is absurd. I'd be dropping $400 after tickets and fees to go go see an event. That is not worth the price. That's about as far as I want to go because I don't want to disparage the hardworking people that put the event on. But still, it's absurd. I remember growing up going to something similar for five bucks a person. Inflation, all that, I get it. But the fees affiliated with it, it's crazy. And I hope schools are doing the same thing. Football's a little bit different because you buy season tickets and all that. But wait till you see the secondary market on on some of these baseball games that we've got coming. There are people that I know that buy general admission baseball tickets to Ole Miss and State and resell them for four or five Mm -hmm. times the price because they can. Oh, I know people like that, yeah. Absolutely. Really looking forward. And they, they go to the games they want to go to, but for the most part they're just turning around and reselling them. Apparently, Zach Bryan openly talks about hating Ticketmaster on the text line. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. I don't know much about Zach Bryan. Do you? I don't know who that is. I won't lie. For a second, I thought you were talking about Zach Brown, but I don't know who Zach Bryan is. Zach Brown is uh, the the man. We I, I got a text from one of those people, and he says he makes about ten grand a year buying and, and selling tickets. Which uh, credit to you. I hate hate the game, not the player. Right? You're just you got a side hustle right. going. That's impressive. I respect that. I don't think you should be allowed to do that, but I respect that you do. That. You know what I mean? I don't hate you for it. No, I don't hate you for it. No, it's a, it's a, take it. You know, just like nil. You know, yeah. Take advantage. Make your money. I don't care. Whatever happened to ticket scalping being illegal? Oh, they just hold up signs that say "I need tickets." See, they're looking for them. They're not scalping them. It's the the workaround. It's cheaper that way, though. Yeah. I got into a Pelicans game, third row seats, buying it from some guy outside the arena a minute after tip-off. Everybody was already in the game. He had some leftover inventory. I was like, I'll give you 10 bucks. And he was like, all right. (laughs) I was just going to throw them away, so here you go. Yeah, yeah, make some money. the, The old days sometimes are the best days, I guess. Yeah. We live in a society where everyone wants to resell toys, events, whatever. I, I get a good kick out of Facebook Marketplace when people think that their used item appreciated in value. Like people are selling baker's racks that they bought at Walmart for like 50 bucks for $250. It's like, I, I know what that is. This isn't gold here, okay? It's not a diamond ring. I can see the coffee on It didn't help it. Yeah. 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 I'm sure the cookies were good, but yeah. 
Have we mentioned the linebacker from Louisville that committed to Ole Miss today? Yeah, we did a little bit earlier, but yeah, Monty Montgomery plays violent. Montgomery, Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery, Montgomery. As a violent player, if, if you watch his film, and that is a compliment for a linebacker. Ole Miss needed linebacker help badly. That's their second portal commit at linebacker. I expect at least one more, probably even two. Uh, but yeah, it's a good pickup. Played a lot of football, and uh, we'll see if Ole Miss can do that one-year rental thing again, three years in a row, at linebacker. Bruce Marshall, though, with picks, will join us next. Sports Talk Mississippi, don't go anywhere. Listen to that work. That work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. We go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. My favorite time of the week. Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet. Goldsheet.com joins us right now with your weekend winners. And, Bruce, we started the show today with me saying I've completely changed my mind. I, I thought that the Giants had a chance to go into Philly and win this game. I have done a complete about-face, a total 180. I think they're going to get smoked tomorrow. Do you agree or disagree with me? The Giants? Yes, um, I think Philly's well, going to smoke them tomorrow. Well, I don't know. Are you, are you going to change your mind again? I mean, you must. <laughs> well, if you tell me to. <laughs> well, I, I, kind of, I can understand thinking the Eagles might be ready to erupt because for most of the season, they were the best team in the league. And they did smoke the Giants uh, six weeks ago at the Meadowlands. Uh, so I can see that. I don't argue too hard against any of these votes in the playoffs. Any, every argument's got some merit. I happen to think it's going to be hard for the Eagles to regain what they were up until early December. I've seen this before too many times when teams flatten out at the end of the year. Um, I don't think uh, Jalen did come back a couple weeks ago, but I'm not sure he's 100%. I think the Giants are dangerous. You know, they have covered 9 of 10 on the road. Uh, Daniel Jones is has arrived. I think that this is the whole function of Dayball. He's got the right coach, the right system. Saquon's healthy. Um, and the Eagles are, I think they're a little nervous here this week. So I think it's going to be close. I took the points with the uh, Giants. Our score was 24-23 Eagles in the gold sheet. I couldn't quite pick the Giants. I've got relatives in Philadelphia, and they'd never forgive me if I picked the Giants to win. But I don't know that the Eagles covered this, and that's my thought. But you do have a point if you think the Eagles, because if they play like they did December 11 at the MetLife, uh, they will win this game handily. So uh, another big line tomorrow's for the NFL anyway, in the playoffs, a couple of big lines tomorrow. Jacksonville, massive comeback. We all saw that and watched it and loved it, but... Uh, are they overmatched or as overmatched as the odds makers think that they are tomorrow in Arrowhead? I don't think so, but uh, you know we'll see. I mean, sometimes you know you, if they play like they did in the first half last week, they're not coming back from twenty-seven nothing against these guys. Um, 
But I don't think they are. The first meeting they lost by 10 uh, at Arrowhead, November 13th. They were down 20 to nothing right before halftime, and Trevor led them on a TD drive right before the half, and they were sort of hanging around in the second half, cut that thing to 10, and they forced the Chiefs to run out the last six six minutes on the clock. That was, you know, the Chiefs covered that game by a half point. They've only covered one other game at Arrowhead uh, this season. So they generally played at a level of the opposition. They've only covered two of their last eight overall. I think, you know, the last time we saw them, they looked good against the Raiders. I think the Raiders just, you know, stood them and all that. Just uh, their season was shot. Um, uh, the, the, the Chiefs have not had an easy time in the first round each of the last two years. The Browns two years ago and Buffalo was a great game last year. I'm not sure Jackson was up to Buffalo, but you do have the teacher versus people thing here with Andy Reid and, and Peterson, who was Reid's first quarterback of the Eagles, worked on his staffs. Um, Peterson's made all the difference with Trevor. Uh, this defense keeps making plays, and they are very resilient. Uh, you just put them behind. I mean, the back door is going to be open. I think they're going to stay close. 30-27 Chiefs. Uh, they play a lot of games close, and I think this one will be this week, uh, tomorrow too, and not cover, but advance to their fifth straight AFC title game. So a couple of good games tomorrow. Bruce, before we continue and look towards Sunday, tell the people where they can get your picks and your work. Yeah, Michael, thanks so much. Check us out online, goldsheet.com. We write up all these games every Tuesday, the football, and every day we got Goldsheet basketball, all these college games, NBA, and our featured picks every day. Goldsheet.com, my picks are up there every day, plus at Vegas Insider and DonBest.com. All right, Sunday. So a highly anticipated and kind of contentious game now with uh, the Bengals not being real thrilled with uh, how the neutral site and coin flip stuff was handled. But they're five-and-a-half-point underdogs. Kind of lucky to to get out of the Baltimore game with a win. Bills didn't play particularly well either. Uh, so what do you see tomorrow in Buffalo? Or, excuse me, Sunday in Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, Baltimore is a hard team to play against, and uh, they, they survived a different way. They had that long fumble return, but it counts. Um, I'm a little concerned these offensive line injuries that the Bengals are taking. They're taking like one a week now the last few weeks. So they are a bit de- depleted up front. But, I mean, they were the one team somebody had to get shortchanged by what the NFL had to do to alter the schedule, and it happened to be the Bengals. I think they were on their way to beating Buffalo in that Monday night game, and that would have given them home field here. I think the league maybe should have put this game on neutral site too, really. Um, but, uh, and so that's sort of missed the Bengals. But listen, they've covered eight straight as an underdog. Depending upon when you bet these games against the Ravens the last two weeks, if you bet them early enough in the week, the Bengals, you cash Bengals tickets. That's 22 and three, their last 25 games against the spread. If you won these last two, I don't know that Buffalo's playing all that well. I think Josh Allen is not 100%. Um, there's no excuse struggling the way they did against against Miami and Skyler Thompson last week. I can sort of see Baltimore giving Cincinnati a fight. I really can't see why Miami gave Buffalo such trouble. Uh, I think the better team's getting points here, so there we go. And they have proven they can win on the road in the playoffs. Buffalo hasn't. Buffalo doesn't have to be on the road this week, but Cincinnati is, and that has not bothered them. At least last year it didn't. Uh, 27-24 Bengals. I think they advanced to the AFC title game. Love it. Wrong team favored in Buffalo. All right, the game that is most pertinent to the interests of our audience, Dak Prescott played uh, what some people described as the best game of his career, possibly, on Monday night in Tampa. Short rest, though, 
uh, for for Dak and the Cowboys. Having to go cross-country, hostile environment, ton of weapons for San Francisco. Getting four points. What do you see here? Boy, how quick they forget. I mean, they were ready to throw Dak on the scrap heap a couple of weeks ago. He had seven straight games with a pick. Three, three out of four games throwing a pick six. Uh, and he plays the worst prepared playoff team I have ever seen on Monday night. Uh, Todd Bowles should be ashamed of himself. He's going to get fired uh, within a year or two. Um, Tampa Bay was an embarrassment on Monday night. And flat out, I mean, the Saints or the Falcons or the Panthers would have played Dallas better than that. Uh, I'm not sold on Dallas. I mean, comparing Tampa Bay's offense to San Francisco's, that's like comparing a jalopy to a Ferrari. Uh, what you've seen, uh, McCaffrey, what they, the dimension he's provided, and they already had these game breakers with Samuel and Ayuk and Kittle. Brock Purdy looks better than Garoppolo to me. And then you got that defense that's going to get in Dak's face. This is consistent with Dak in his career. He's had several big games like that. But when, when things go right for him, they tend to go really right. Uh, but when things go wrong, they go sideways really quick. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think San Francisco wins this thing handily. 34-29ers, that sets them up for the NFC title game next week. Uh, Bruce Marshall joining us in the Farm Bureau guest line. A couple of minutes left, Bruce. Uh, you mentioned basketball, and, and we did this to you during football season, and the people loved it so much. Let's do it for basketball. College basketball game tonight. If you are at uh, the sports book tonight or over the weekend, and there's that obscure basketball game that you love, is there one out there in college, or the NBA, either one, but is there one of those obscure basketball games that you're looking at that you really like? Well, I get I'll give you a couple here. Tonight I might do St. John's against Villanova. Uh, St. John's is playing very well lately, but Villanova's not covering numbers. St. John's just got done hammering UConn as an underdog. They won that game out right in the road. I think St. John's gets in tonight, pretty short price. They're playing that at Madison Square Garden, by the way, so uh, that's uh, like the good old Big East day. So maybe there this weekend, watch a couple here. Florida-Mississippi State tomorrow. First team to 40 wins. Uh, I think that game goes under. Uh, Florida's going under every week, and we know Mississippi State's low scoring this year, so that's going to be an under. I haven't seen the total yet, but it's probably in the low 120s. I don't think it gets there. Um, I'm really curious about that uh, Kentucky A&M game tomorrow, because Kentucky might be coming around a bit, but Buzz has got A&M on the upswing here. I might give A&M a look. Uh, one more. BC's playing Notre Dame tomorrow. We heard that Mike Brain News is going to retire at the end of the year. Uh, Notre Dame has been favored 14 times this season. They have covered the spread once as a favorite. Um, now, what's more remarkable is the fact that they've only covered once as a favorite in 14 tries or that they've been favored 14 times. I can't believe that either, but that's the number. And I think BC, which beat them already at home, can maybe go to Notre Dame and win. I don't think Bray's retirement announcement is going to change things much. Because Notre Dame is a very soft team this year, so take BC tomorrow at Notre Dame. Bruce, you're the best. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend, and, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye. That's Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet, goldsheet.com with your picks. He loved underdogs this weekend in the NFL. That's always a good sign. He thinks that Kansas City's going to win but not cover the nine, thinks Philly's going to win, not cover the seven and a half, thinks the wrong team is favored in Buffalo, but he, he doesn't love doesn't love the Cowboys. Doesn't like the Cowboys. Oh, that's fine. Once again, though, you see Bruce and I, same page. Mississippi State unders in basketball. I'm telling you, you, you bet now you could have a great, great summer with the money you'll have accumulated for vacation. Get rich, kids. 
Get Rich Kids. My Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad, Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back in the Pearl River Resort Studio. next keep it moving buddy you can be a part of sports talk mississippi triple eight eight oh eight eight six three seven on super talk mississippi What happened? Aria Speedwagon. You're seeing them in April? No, I'm not. They're playing in Tupelo, though. Nice. I would go, but it's the Friday of Super Bulldog weekend. So, go. State Ole Miss baseball, I can't miss that. I mean, you you can. There's two more. Eh. I feel like the state's largest news organization should probably have somebody there covering that game. Yeah, 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 maybe so. May uh maybe so. Yeah. I want to I I should go. I haven't been to a game at Duty Noble. I haven't been to a game at the new one and I haven't been to a game at Duty Noble in many, many years. Well, there you go. You need to come. But I have been to the new one, just not for an actual, yeah. you know, baseball game. Well, then there yeah, you you were there, you know, a year ago when we had the uh the remote there. Boy, doesn't that, that that feels like forever ago, doesn't it? When it was raining, raining like crazy that day. Drove yeah. through tornado warnings on the way home, celebrating Mississippi State's national championship one last time before the season began. And then I don't remember what happened after that. I don't, you know, after uh, that day, I don't remember important. anything baseball related. Nothing, nothing occurred. No, no so. nothing important. Yeah, I've been invited by a couple of my state fan friends and then a few dozen of you on the text line to I, I can't say no anymore. There's no excuses. I'm gonna actually just go do it. And I can't wait for that to happen. Gotta go see the ambidextrous pitcher. I mean why why else would I not want to go? Hunter's asking a good question. We'll talk about another interesting wrinkle at Mississippi State for the college football fix, but he's asking how worried should State fans be about portal closing with no more signees, specifically not having a tight end? Not too worried. I mean, I don't know about spring, but they'll get it all done. It's it's not going to be a huge issue. I mean, you can still sign guys. There's no new... The portal closing means nobody can enter the portal. People who are in the portal can still visit and... Stuff like that. State's, State's got a couple of visitors coming in this weekend. Supposedly, Mike Wright, the quarterback from Vanderbilt, will be there this weekend. Interesting. Yeah. So, a lot of people think that he is willing to not play quarterback. Like, he, he would do other stuff. 
And maybe have a package yeah. or two. I mean, he's obviously well, he's I was saying, at state. So. You would def at state. You would definitely want a package for him because he can do things that Will Rogers can't. Yeah. I.e., run the ball. Yeah. So. It's really, really good. So we'll athlete. see. But th- don't forget, there's another we'll portal window. Uh, so uh, the window closed here and, and registration starting. So guys that are on your team right now or that are committing now basically kind of have to do it by the end of the weekend. The, the the drop ad date is like a week from today. Yeah. But classes start Monday. Yeah. If you don't you don't get those guys in, then they, they can come in in the summer. Yeah. So so it'll open again in May. We talked after a little bit about this for a couple weeks. We talk a little bit about this on today's Thunder and Lightning podcast about how you know what is state going to do for tight ends with spring practice? Like how do they install if they don't have tight ends? So do they move guys around? Do they they, they turn a couple of receivers well, a into question. tight? I don't know. I have no idea what the answer is. Is it hope, hopefully to, I'm hoping uh, we we are efforting to have Kevin Barbe on the podcast very soon to talk to him and see if we can't figure figure out exactly what his plan is. You did mention there's one candidate for for switch, but even one guy's not enough to really do like a full install, right? And, and the thing to remember is, like, Antonio Harmon is the guy we're talking about. Big receiver, you know, six foot five, two 230 pounds, right? Feels like he could be a tight end. But there's a difference in mindset between blocking cornerbacks yeah. and blocking Will Anderson. <laughs> right? There's a difference in that. So can he do that? I don't know that. I mean, I, I'm sure he can handle the pass-catching responsibilities of it, but more comes with the territory when you're a tight end. That is fascinating. I, I didn't think about that because we're you know, looking forward yeah. to spring and adding a new offense. But oh. that's another question, another story we're gonna have to talk about. I mean, and you know, the unfortunate you know passing of Mike Leach leaves State in that situation where they want to run a different offense and they want to add some tight ends, and you got none on the roster. So you got to go find some. So, I mean, I, State will sign at least three kids that are tight ends, right? You got to, and I would imagine State would also. You know, there's another signing day coming. Yep, they should get a high school kid. They should try to find a high school tight end. Just to have somebody on the roster. Even if you so. got to take a flyer on, on somebody that wouldn't be exactly. who usually recruited. You can but. find somebody who is on a G5 list that hasn't signed yet. Get them. Flip them. you got you got to have the bodies. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I promise State's taking worse players. So. <laughs> Something else happened uh, for Zach Ornett's coaching staff. We'll talk about that when we come back for the College Football Fix. We also have a Food Friday coming up. What are you cooking this weekend? Let us know at about 520. If you send it now, it'll get lost. So uh, wait until 520. But College Football Fix coming up next and a Food Friday and more of your messages as we continue on this Friday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. New staff hire at Mississippi State. Talk about that next. Yeah. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi.
Texas and Bo in Indianola trying to get after Haydad on the text line. Trying. Failing. The timeless tradition. Uh. I mean, losing the Egg Bowl should humble you a little bit, but not, not Bo. It hasn't. Not Bo. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. It's great to be with you guys on a Friday. We won't waste any time because it's time for the College Football Fix. Driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer, Richard Cross drove an F-150 to the airport where they flew to someplace. I don't know. Either way, it's a great truck that he's driving. It's a big white F-150. It's been the best-selling truck in America for going on five decades now. Spend your time this weekend when you're not watching football or your basketball team. Don't discriminate around here. Test driving an F-150 at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So, hey, Dad, a tweet of yours sparked my interest. So we talk about staff hires on here because, of course, we do. Mississippi State made another one, but one that seemingly surprised you today. Yeah, and, and you know now they've announced the entire staff, so it makes a, a touch more sense. Although there is some, some there's something I, I wonder, and we'll get to that in a second, but... Uh, I've already forgotten the, the poor guy's name. I know it's Schmidt. Is it Matt? Mike. Not the Mike, third baseman for the Cincinnati Reds. That's right, yeah. I should have remembered that because it's Mike Schmidt. Uh, he was hired from Syracuse as the new offensive line coach. And that, that sparked some interest for me because I thought, okay, they had hired Will Friend a few weeks back, and I thought he was going to be the offensive line coach. And so State has split up its offensive line duties, in a manner of speaking. Friend is listed as the offensive line coach. Schmidt is listed as the offensive tackle slash tight ends coach. He's also the run game coordinator. So is Friend his boss? Or is he Friend's boss because he's the run game coordinator? I don't know the answer to that. So, But that being said, State has finalized everything now. Uh, Kevin Barbe is the offensive coordinator, quarterback's coach. Uh, they moved Tony Hughes over to running back's coach from defense. He was on safety. I mean, that guy's coached everything. He can He can do whatever. Uh, Chad Bumpus, as we know, is the wide receivers coach. I mentioned Friend and Schmidt and the way they're splitting up the O-line. David Turner is the new defensive line coach. Everything old is new again. He's been here a couple of times, been a great coach for MSU. Matt Brock coaches the linebackers as well as defensive coordinator. Uh, Darcel McBath still the cornerbacks coach. One of the, uh, that's the first, that's the first one I've listed now. I guess Brock was the linebackers coach a year ago, but they didn't have any new responsibilities. Uh, Brett Dewhurst is the new safeties coach. He was an uh, analyst a season ago, and he's been promoted. Eric Melee stays with the uh, special teams. And then a couple of other additions. Well, not additions. Jason Washington's been removed from the uh, the on-the-field staff. He is now the new director of player development uh, at Mississippi State. He's a really good recruiter, so I, I'll, we'll have to see what kind of role he has there. And then I thought those was great. As we know, Zach Arnett tied as the all-time winningest coach in Mississippi State history by winning percentage. With Greg Knox, Greg Knox has returned to Starkville as a senior offensive analyst. So State has two undefeated head coaches at Mississippi State on on their staff at this time. Knox is interesting because he's a running backs coach by trade, right? So what does that tell you? Now that the new rule from the NCAA is out that analysts can be on the field coaching, Knox will probably play a big role in the running backs coaching development portion of the of the show and Tony Hughes whose reputation is that as, as one of the top recruiters in the in the south will probably be a guy who's you know focusing a lot on on the on the uh, the recruiting part part of things as well so that's it no more staff additions to my knowledge it's finally done 
in Starkville. Yes, text line, thank you. I, I said Cincinnati Reds' Mike Schmidt played for the Phillies. He retired three years before I was born, okay? So at least I knew who the guy was. A red baseball team up there in the northern region. He's from Ohio. I said Reds. I meant I meant Phillies. My, my, my bad. Uh, but two offensive line coaches. What an interesting deal. So you, you've got guards and center coached by one guy and tackles and tight ends coached by another guy. Well, that's the, that's the thing, though. Uh, no, because it says friend is the offensive line coach. So I guess he could get in there with the tackles as well. I'm not really sure how this is going to work. I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, Mississippi State did that once before, and it wasn't very successful. It was in the later years of Jackie Sherrill, but they had a guards and center coach and a tackles coach, tackles and tight ends coach. And you know, that's in that's of course in the you know the early 2000s when everybody still ran the I formation. And, wasn't a whole lot to that, so I, it's an interesting setup. I, I don't know. I don't know how it's exactly it's 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 going to work in terms of who does what and who's responsible for what. I do like Will, but you know, Will Friend is an outstanding recruiter. That's what he's made his 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 bones as, as, as in his career as a college. This is the, what this staff is built to do, right? This is states on paper the best recruiting staff I've seen from Mississippi State in quite some time. Hughes, obviously, you know his reputation. Friend has a great reputation as a recruiter. You've got Bumpus and Turner who have great reputations as recruiters. Uh, Barbe was a recruiting coordinator at a previous stop. So this is a, a staff that's designed to get players. Arnett talked about that in his press conferences. You know, the most important thing is to have players. I think they're really going to focus here in the state of Mississippi on, on recruiting and then going outside the state for the, for the, you know, where they can. But uh, I'm interested to see that because State has never been a school that put like the big emphasis on recruiting in the past. We'll see how that if, what changes and see if anything changes. Or are they still recruit at the same level they always have? I would love to know, and, and I don't think we would get an honest answer from any coach. Uh, how you build a staff in that way, the, the the great recruiters thing, because on one hand, player acquisition is the most important thing. Like, like we said after the national championship game, if you gave Kirby Smart Wake Forest players, he's not winning the championship. Players are what matter most. I do wonder if they have to consider, like when Zach Arnett's building his staff, does he have to wonder, okay, when we recruit these kids, a lot of them are going to leave now. So do I emphasize, like, how do you pick a staff now? Because multi-year developmental guys are becoming fewer and fewer. So do you focus more on, just give me a good recruiter, because... I don't yeah. need a I don't need a great developer because somebody else is going to bear the fruits of that labor. So just get me a guy that's going to get the guys. And I think you you have to trust your coaches to be good developers. And I think that's part of like being a coach, right? Like you don't get to ex- ex- succeed just just on the basis of getting players. You know, it's great to get four and five star players, but if they if you coach them and they're not good, nobody wants you on your on your staff. David Turner is a guy. Yeah, he recruited Chris Jones and Jeff Simmons. And Fletcher Cox and all those guys, but they also turned out to be better players coming out of college than they were out of high school. They got better under his tutelage. Simmons didn't play for him, but you see what I'm getting at. So I think yes, I got to have to trust that. But you're, you're kind of right, especially at a school like Mississippi State, an SEC school, where you're going to take some portal guys here and there. So yeah, you know you can afford to maybe you know I, I wouldn't say you know go backwards on development a little bit, but. You can afford to, to focus more on the actual acquisition of talent, especially when you're talking about recruiting. Now we're talking about getting guys out of the portal anyway. You got to be able to get those guys too. Yeah, you do now more than ever. Um, I, I do wonder if there's going to be more 
Because the story that we read yesterday about California aside, it does sound like the NCAA is going to start cracking down or trying to limit some things. And they had the coaches' convention, and apparently that was made um, apparently it was made apparent. Good language, Michael. That that the coaches need <laughs> things to get limited badly. That um, is up there with seasoning with seasonings. I just want to let you know. That yeah. Apparently, it was made apparent. Yeah. Uh, but but coach, but coaches have had it enough, and I, I don't really sympathize with them. But if they're loud enough, then think things will something maybe, changes. Yeah. Maybe slow yeah, down sure. a, a little bit, uh, no doubt. So there you go. Zach Ornett's staff is completed, and now now it's all his right. Everything from here on out is it's all on Zach Ornett. Wins, yeah. losses, everything in between is now his doing, undoing, and responsibility. This is his program now, going forward, and uh, I'm looking. I, you know, all I can judge is what I've seen so far. But you know, the way he handled the bowl game, the way he handled the signing class, and the way he's handled these coaching staff, this coaching staff, I feel like he's doing he's doing a good job. I feel like you know he's mo- he's moving in the right direction. I like I said we got a long way to go, and there's actual games to play when we get to the season. But if you were judging Zach Arnett right now, I think you, you, even the most biased against Mississippi State Observer would have to say, like, I think guy's doing a pretty good job. Encouraging, if nothing else. Really encouraged with the early returns from Zach Arnett. And now clearly we know they're going to add the tight end position at some point if they named a tight ends coach. So, anyway, mm-hmm. we, uh, we will see how that yeah. turns out. But now it's time to talk about food. Food Friday, when we come back, send us your... What are you cooking this weekend? Tonight, tomorrow, watching football, watching basketball. What are you cooking while you are doing it? Send it to us on the text line, 601-879-4395. That's the C Spire text line. And remember, C Spire reminds you, don't text and drive. Use your voice text feature or wait till you are stopped. We'd love to have you, but we'd love to have you safely. But text us, 601-879-4395, your cooking plans for the weekend. We'll get to those when we come back. Communication system is a go. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Friday, right? I think so. That it is. And it is just after 520, which means it's time for Food Friday. Some of the most fun we have talking on this show is talking about our obsession with great barbecue and grilling out. Every Friday at this time, we'll talk about just that. Food Friday brought to you by our good friends at Polk's Meat each week. We talk about our favorite ways to grill their delicious, original Polk's Cajun or garlic and green onion sausages, as well as our other barbecue favorites. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Hulks. Brian, hey, Dad, what are you cooking this weekend? I think, I think you'll be excited for me. So, I, I was, I've was i been in a, in a... 
So I've been wanting to do some smoked queso lately. I've just, I've just been in the mood for it. So I thought, okay, this will be the weekend to do it. But, you know, I don't want, just want smoked queso. So how am I, what am I going to do that's different? So I was wanting to do, like, some, maybe some chicken tacos. And I was like, you know, I just feel like this is, you know, this is it's too much tortilla, right? I got chips and I got tacos. What am I doing? So I'm making grilled chicken nachos. I'm going to do a smoked queso. Then I'm going to grill the chicken, chop it up. And then I got some pico de gallo. I'm gonna, I got some peppers. And uh, I, I'm going to, yeah, we're going to go with that. So smoke queso first, get that done. Then I'll transfer that to like a you know Dutch oven, keep it on a low heat. I watched a video yesterday uh, from Chud's Barbecue, which is one of my favorite ones online. And he did something I'd never seen. You know, people make smoke queso all the time. He pureed it. He got the stick blender out and, and pureed it so there was no chunks. I was like, hmm. I might do that. I might do that, like chop up the rotel and all the, the peppers and everything, and just there's just smooth cheese after. Huh. Never thought of that. So, but the chunks are good. But I got a stick blender. They're, they're they're good, but I'm not a huge fan of. I like I like the flavor of rotel, but I always like work around it when I'm eating rotel. So, this might be a way to to do, to, to 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 do that. I'm not a big fan of the texture, you know. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, it's probably a dumb question. I've never done it this way before, but I've got a couple of fillets still in the freezer. I've smoked a ribeye before, and that makes sense because of the cut, but are smoked fillets, like reverse-seared smoked fillets, also good, or, or is that like mixing flavors yeah. that you shouldn't? No, no, you can do that easily. Easily. got to be careful. You, know, you don't want to overcook them, but yeah. You could do that, for sure. That's what I'll do with those. That would be a short cook, I would think. Yeah. Very short. They're pretty thick, though. They were gifted to me. I'm not going out and buying fillets all the time. Tight budgets and uh, and whatnot. More of a ribeye guy is, is really where it, where you can go find the, the discount shelf where they expire tomorrow and get good, thick ribeyes that are perfectly fine. With the, uh, with the Kroger card, get them marked off like 10 bucks. Yeah, that's... That's my meat shopping experience. But what about you guys? We get one message here. Smoked corned beef on the grill, big pot of white beans and ham, and cornbread. Awesome. That's not good. So you got to read these ahead of time now because of past experiences. Try tip from the floor of butcher tonight. <laughs> Reverse seared. Oh, God. Kirk and Kyle. Yeah, try tip last weekend. It was great. So where is that? Where is that cut? Oh, it's, I think it's on the back end somewhere. I'm not entirely sure. It's good though. I've started watching people made some butchering on YouTube. It's awesome. I don't know why I'm captivated I'm, by it. Made some homemade chimichurri sauce. I, I had never had chimichurri before. Incredible. So good. I don't think I've ever had it either. You need to have it. You need to get some of the uh, the ch- chimichurri seasoning. It makes it real easy. Everything's chopped up for you. A little vinegar, a little olive oil, mix it together. Unbelievable. Ooh, that sounds great. Argentinian herbs and, and Uruguayan. Yeah. You put that on some steak and it, it'll light you up, man. I was so happy. Ooh, I gotta try that then. Some of that's going on. Some of that I, I got some leftovers too. That's some of that's going on the nachos. Nice. I'm going to tell you. Fresh venison on the menu. That's Kirk. Awesome. Congrats on the. Uh, hopefully, I'm I'm congratulating you for something that you may not have done, but congrats anyway. Uh, chicken lollipops on the grill and hot dogs on Sunday. Awesome. 
Somebody sent us a picture of their uh, stack of chips at the casino and said plans for the weekend. Love it. Appreciate you listening at the casino. Tight but aggressive. Let's go. I haven't played Texas Hold'em at an actual casino. I'm kind of afraid to do it. Nah, don't be afraid. Because I'm sure there's like an unwritten rule that I would break that I wouldn't know and just make the table nah, mad. Nah. If you make if you make an idiot of yourself, you just get up and walk away. What are they going to say? It's True. fun, and that's the only place. It's the only place you're not playing against the house. That's true. Never you're playing it. against other people, so that the odds are better. Yeah. Now you might be playing a good player, might have a pro there, and then you're just screwed. But yeah. it is what it is. Chase is making neck roast uh, venison smash burgers yeah, he on the, the grill venison, tomorrow. Yeah, he showed us that the other day that the that deer he got. Yeah. New pellet grill for Christmas, somebody says. Trying to get brave enough to smoke some ribs or brisket. Do it. Do the brisket. Because you can so easily control temperature on those things. I mean, it feels like cheating, but it's worth it. I mean, what what else can you... Like, I've got an egg. It was a gift. I didn't get it, but I've got an egg. And I, I tried to do a 12-hour brisket on that, and the temperature just fluctuated too much. It just I, I couldn't yeah. keep it steady. If you got a pellet grill, it's just easy, yeah. Super easy to take care of. Just keep loading that hopper. Taco soup from Cody looks great. Tri-tip, yeah, Mike says, is bottom sirloin, and he also said fillets are for women. Come on. I'm a ribeye guy myself, so... But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't normally order. I would not normally order a flake. Now, I will if you're gonna get a whole tenderloin and cook it. Now, now, now we're talking for me. But like, if we go to a restaurant. No, I'm I'm never gonna order the fillet. Smitty says homemade hamburger steak and brown gravy with onions, mashed potatoes, and corn nuggets and rolls for the win. Awesome. Yeah, I've got a three year old that doesn't meal. like mashed potatoes. What's wrong with him? Like, it, well, how I, does a three year old not like James, mashed potatoes? But now I just. I don't know what to tell you, man. It doesn't I don't know make what any to sense. tell you about your son. No. You need to give him the Christmas story thing. And How do the piggies eat? He'll eat them then. He eats french fries. I mean, those are potatoes. So that's the basically thing. the same thing. It's, it's too, it's, it's, he's too young to reason with like that. Like, you can't be like, they're potatoes. Like, my kids used to be that way when, with pasta. Like, they would only eat macaroni noodles. I'm like, it's the same every <laughs> single way it's made. It's the same. And I finally have got them to the point where they'll just eat whatever pasta I put yeah. in front of them. Greg is making a pot of his, quote, award-winning red beans and rice. There's a guy, if you guys, if you're on Twitter, there's a guy on Twitter that every Monday goes to a, like a hole-in-the-wall red beans place in New Orleans or in the New Orleans area. It is so entertaining. I mean, just the the kind of food in the South, but especially in that state where he'll go to, like, the shack off the interstate in, like, Harahan, Louisiana, and he'll get a $7 just massive to-go plate of red beans and catfish and all that. Like, it is it is huge. You can feed a whole family for, like, 7 bucks. The South, rural South, is an amazing place. But Snow Like John is his Twitter, if you can can stand the foul language. But, you know, he's uh, he's entertaining. Anyway. Brad says, please explain reverse sear. So what you do, Brad, is you you slow cook your steak. So you season it long time before you actually... Some people do it in the oven. Some people do it on a grill, on a smoker, whatever. I, I do it in the oven, yeah. And, and you cook it to 
under internal temperature. So if I'm doing the filet this weekend, I'll cook it to 115 internal uh, in the oven or on the grill. And then you get it out, rest it for 10 minutes, get your skillet or whatever that you sear it in hot with your butter and garlic and herbs, and then you sear off at the end with your basting after you've gotten it to temperature internally, and you just do like a quick one minute on either side sear. So you cook it to temperature first and then sear it off uh, at the end. Somebody's excited about the gumbo they're they're making. I get an offer to go be. to the casino and play poker. Keep what I win. Take it. Take it. Well, I hope I keep what I win. I mean, what's the point of going to the casino mm-hmm. if you can't? Well, I think that person's saying they're going to front you, and you can keep the profits. Apparently, the World Series of Poker is coming to Mississippi for two weeks. Come play. Oh, cool. Yeah, but the entry, isn't the entry fee ridiculous? I mean, I will lose. Well, I mean, there's different There's different uh, tournaments. You don't have to join the main event. You can you can play in one of the offshoots. But still. I'm sure they've got some reasonable stuff. That's not something we need to do a remote at, though. Oh, that would be fun. Let's make that happen. Make that happen. Be live on the radio playing poker? We could do that. Like, the technology exists. I think that would be probably, you know... People be texting us and stuff like, he's got he's got pocket kings. Yeah, but there's the, out. there's the delay or whatever. Probably illegal. Yeah. Tournaments probably would frown upon that, but you you never know. We'll get to more of your messages when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi. A little loose, having fun on a Friday. We'll be back. To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. Something we should mention. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about in the, in the 4 o'clock hour about being in Starkville for that remote a year ago. We should let y'all know that on February the 16th, the day before opening day this year, Sports Talk Mississippi will be at the home of the defending national champions. Yeah, at remember how you're going to skip out on that day because uh, you're so embarrassed. And you're no. shamed, and you can't be that. No. All right, first off, first off, let's let's not. I, 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 that's not why I was. I, I when I, I wanted to take the day off, I didn't know that we were doing this, but we are doing it. So I will be there in Oxford for a remote uh, to kick off baseball season. We were in Starville last year. State won the national title. We will return the favor, and we will be in Oxford on February the 16th for all three hours. I would expect Coach Mike Bianco to join us. Maybe a few players or coaches. And uh, we'll have a good old time. Oh, I, you know, and I'm not going to lie. I hope the weather is really nice so we can be out in the stadium 
as opposed yeah. to being up in the press box like we were last year. What we should do, and it would probably break a bunch the, of the rules weather robbed behind. us last year. They should set us the up in right field, us. and we put Natty Light and Red Solo cups and and do the show. I'm that not throwing way. a bear. No, we wouldn't throw. I'm it. not throwing a there's bear. Technology. I'll throw one back. There, there's technology around that you know we we couldn't. Get I'll throw one back. Stuff like that, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if we really we want to do, immerse ourselves in the culture, that's what we should do. If if we could have been last year either in that right field plaza in state, at state or on top of the lofts, either one, and had that view of, I mean, that, how great would that have been? But yeah, the weather, you know, the weather is what it is. Hopefully, I haven't looked. Hopefully, the weather will be nice on February the sixteenth. You got a front row seat in the press box this year at state. Yeah, have I don't know. Made, have you made sure so. that? Well, you got to make sure that's going to happen. Well, we can't let you I, in I'll the reach out to the. We got a new. We got, we, we got a new SID. I mean, like, look, I'm, I'm gonna tell him, like, look, if, if I can't be on the front row, I just don't credential me. Slip him a twenty. Yeah. I mean, like, it, this is not what. This is not worth. This is not worth it. There's no ethics when money's involved. Just you know. I mean, I agree with that statement. Expense Trust it. Me. You needed the front row seat, but could you imagine? <laughs> I would love. I would love the aforementioned uh, super talk. Um, our, our Sports Talk Mississippi legal correspondent to get an expense report that lists bribing the SID for a front row seat on it just to see what her reaction would be. Do it. Just see what happens. I, I, she's probably still listening. I hope not. But just, just give it a CC shot. Her. <laughs> just just, put, it, just yeah. put, it, put it in her mailbox and, and have that, like, $150. You know, make it, like, a, uh, an amount of money, not a 20 but, like, 150 bucks yeah. to the SID at State to bribe him into giving you a front row seat in the press box. And just, and just CC her on the email. Yeah. just. Make... <laughs> yeah. I included our HR department to make sure we're all good here. <laughs> oh, man. Brandon's making homemade cheese pizza, only I didn't cook it. Yeah, Brandon, I, I can tell. that The, the box and the, the sauce that was packaged kind of gives gave it away, away there. When's the last time you've I, made a homemade I, pizza? I, like from scratch, it's yeah. been a while. I mean, I, you can buy those pre-made crusts, and it's just not very. Different. But usually, when I make a, a homemade pizza, I'm using like leftover stuff that I've cooked out. So I'll make like okay. a barbecue chicken pizza or barbecue pulled pork pizza. And so, I, like you're talking about, like one where it has like tomato sauce on it with pepperoni, and I, yeah. it's been a long time for that. But but when I have leftover meat, nachos. Tacos and pizzas are how those get consumed. You know, I don't, I don't want to remake the same plate I had the day before. I want yeah. to change it up a little bit. So I, I had no problem making a barbecue. You know, take a pre-made crust, brush some barbecue sauce, meat, mozzarella and cheddar, maybe some jalapenos on there. You're good. Tacos, same way. Probably less inspired too, since you worked in the business for as long as you did to just make pizza all the time. Ah. Uh. You know, it just, yeah. I still like to eat pizza, but, you know, if we're going to give me tossing dough again. I don't know, man. I might have some PTSD for that. I get a question. So reverse sear is similar to blackening? Uh, not really. Not really, because it's a much longer. Blackening is a quicker process, because, I mean, you're just cooking it at such a high heat, and you've got that thing crusted in spices. Yeah. This is a situation where you're almost treating it like like a roast. You're letting it come up to temp, and then you sear it. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you reverse sear a thick ribeye, that should take, like, 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah, for sure. Easily. 
Family is cooking ribs and chicken wings on a pellet grill. I'm making homemade vegetable and cheese spaghetti sauce. I need a side item to go with it. Any suggestions? With spaghetti sauce? I don't know. I mean, ribs and chicken. Ribs and chicken. Ribs wings. and chicken. I mean, I'm a. I, I, you can't ever go wrong with corn on the cob. I like to grill zucchini. I like to grill asparagus. Asparagus is probably the way I would go. Some asparagus, a little lemon juice, salt, pepper, and uh, maybe a little shaved little Parmesan over the top. Brussels sprouts. Blanch them for a little while. I'll, soften them up I'm a little I'm doing Brussels bit. sprouts tonight. Oh, they're so good. And marinate them in the air fryer. A, oh, see, nailed it. Uh, yes. 100% yes. Um, marinate them in a you know big freezer bag with... I, I use, like, red wine vinegar and let them marinate for a while, then put them flat on a pan. That's a good um, call. Just salt, pepper, garlic powder, and then towards yeah. the end, chop some Parmesan cheese on there. Yes. See, I'm going to do, I'm going to spray, I actually have some sprayable duck fat. You ever bought that? No. Sprayable duck fat. Yeah, if you're going to cook like a chicken or a turkey, spraying that down and gets the skin crispy and add some flavor. So I'm going to spray them with that. Salt, pepper, and then some Dano seasoning, and then once they get uh, a little crunchy, I'll throw, I'll toss some Parmesan in there. Ooh. That's where I'm gonna go with the Brussels, and I got like some little pork chops that we'll cook tonight. Caleb and Starkville reminded me, us. He said it should yes. be an okay remote as long as spectators don't try to lean on you from behind to take pictures. Uh, we're gonna have security. Mike in Oxford is gonna show. He'll be our security. He's gonna make sure nobody nobody yeah. gets through. The guy said, "I'm going right there." Richard goes, "No, you're not. <laughs> you no, you're not. not. No, you're not. You were doing the opposite of that, my friend. I thought he was gonna go under the table. I was like, what is happening? That would have been even worse. Poor. Oh, poor Will. I mean, Will was just inconsolably laughing. It was. It, that's incredible radio. We'll never top it." We are shows, or a show of the people. I mean, you're giving restaurant advice to somebody that's trying to impress their boyfriend. I mean, this this is just good stuff. And the boyfriend only wants to go to B-dubs. Come on, Come man. Come on, man. Go to a real restaurant. You, you can get wings at other restaurants. You know? Yeah, you've got a classy lady here that wants to, to take you somewhere nice. Wants and to dine on the town. Come on, man. Come on. But yeah, somebody mentioned tuna steaks as well. You want you want to pretend like you're fancy when you're really not. If you're trying to impress somebody and cook for them, and you don't really know how to cook, tuna steaks. It is so simple, and, so easy. And you th- like you look like you are some Gordon Ramsay connoisseur, bad you know what chef, and it's that is, nothing. That's a five minute cook. Yeah. That's a five minute cook. You put hot pan, sear two minutes, sear two minutes, you're done. Maybe you're like done. a little bit of everything bagel seasoning to to create like this fancy looking choice. crust thing. You can do anything. You, yeah. you can do Asian. You can do Cajun. C- black and t- like just covering tuna and like whatever your favorite Creole rub is is delicious. Hey, Dad's gonna pop the trigger figure with the Danos. Little pop, pop. <laughs> I am uh, so I am all in on Danos. Like I got like the little one, the first one. Now I have the the big ones. I have the big like twenty ounces or whatever it is. Yeah. So and yes, I do do the pop. I did, did the pop pop last night. I made some chicken and rice. <laughs> pop pop on the chicken. Pop pop on the rice. I love yum it. yum. Get you some. 
Debbie in Ocean Springs, the the best chef on our text line sends us a picture of a homemade pizza on the egg. Looks just outstanding. Smitty in Oxford says, try some homemade balsamic vinaigrette over the Brussels sprouts. That wouldn't be bad. What, do you just reduce it down in a pan? Get it that more? Well, no, no. Vinaigrette means you're going to mix it with some olive oil and make like a dressing out of it. What am I thinking of then? You're thinking of a reduction. I, uh, yeah. Reminds me of the South Park it's actually, episode. The Italians would call it an agrodolce sauce. Is that really what they call it? Agrodolce? Yeah, that's what they call it. Like reduced vinegar. They put it over. you got to be careful. That you don't, don't take a whiff of that when it's cooking, though. Oh, Goodness no. gracious. Knock you out. A uh, little bit of interesting breaking news here, I suppose. Transfer portal news. Uh, yesterday, Ole Miss defensive lineman Jamon Gordon hit the portal. Today, pulled his name out of the portal. So, snip, snap, snip, snap. Really? Snip, snap, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any idea how hard it is to go to the transfer portal three times? <laughs> so he's uh, he's back uh, for uh, for what that's yeah, worth. Well, good too. for him. Good for him. Sports Talk Mississippi, one more time with you before divisional round weekend in the NFL. Got basketball games. Pretty much a must win for Mississippi State tomorrow. Also a must win in Fayetteville, but not necessarily for Ole Miss. Man, I guess technically it is, but Arkansas. Gotta have that one tomorrow morning. Final thoughts with you when we come back. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you one more time on this Friday. So Arch Manning went viral for losing his student ID. And the No Context College Football Twitter account shared a post of his on LinkedIn. Let me read it for you. Observations from my first two weeks at the 40 Acres at the University of Texas at Austin. Number one, everybody wants to help when you misplace your student ID. Number two, everything's bigger in Texas. Number three, Austin is the coolest city I've ever been to. Number four, you can get in playing shape just walking across campus. Number five, I'm already slipping some y'alls and fixin' twos into my vocabulary. Number five, this is home. Can't wait to get on the field with a picture of him smiling and doing the hook'em. Here's the thing. Somebody needs to let his social media manager know, which I'm sure that he has one, because he didn't post this himself, that they say y'all in New Orleans. They sure do. They say fixing to as well. <laughs> I mean... It's in the South. It's about as South as you can get. Because <laughs> I don't count Florida. All right, y'all. is like the, the way that every person from New Orleans starts a sentence when talking to a group of people. It's like etched into their brain that you have to start the sentence that way. I don't know, man. That's that's like everything else on that on that tweet. Okay, 
It's cool. I mean, I, Austin, Texas is the coolest city. You lived in New Orleans. I, I don't know if I... And I've been to Austin. It's it's fun, but... Uh, the other stuff is all fine. But yeah, if you're from the South, you say y'all regardless. Yeah. Pretty uh, pretty much. So, anyway, there's uh, there's that. So, any final thoughts on, on the state game tomorrow? Uh, I know that you know, we talked a lot of NFL today and kids shows and stuff like that, but... Uh, any 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 final thoughts there? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just like I said, I'm, I'm just interested to see uh, how it all pans out for State tomorrow. I feel like they have a good chance to win. This is a winnable basketball game for them. They've played, in my opinion, good enough to win. I saw an interesting stat or some sort of analytic called expected shots or something like that. That basically State should have won the last two games. Now. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, analytics or, you know, that and a cup of coffee, you know, 50 cents to get you a cup of coffee, but which you shouldn't have because it kills the environment. But the state has played better these last two games. It feels like they learned lessons from the Georgia game. So I want to see if they can put them into practice. They need a win. Let's see if they can get one. And that will be big, right? Because then the conversation changes back. Right now, it's like you know they play hard and stuff. But if the if the tournament started today, they probably wouldn't make it. I mean, it just wouldn't. But then you win this game if you can get a win tomorrow night, and then you can start seriously having those conversations again of what are they going to have to do in order to get there? Because the metrics will like them. A home win's not going to bump them up that much, but they'll be what high forties, low low fifties. Uh, with a win, and that is very bubbly. Which means you've got meaningful yes. basketball to play, which is Ex- fun. Exactly. And you have winnable games remaining. South Carolina, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, LSU. These are winnable games for you. A lot of them are at home. So you got you got some opportunities, but you need to come out of this. I mean, you don't want to be one in, you'd be one in seven. You don't, you don't want that. You don't want that. Bo's asking, could the Ole Miss women's team beat the men's team? They suck. I want to take my kids, but I refuse to contribute money to losers. Uh, w- with all due respect. Um, uh, but no, they'd lose by 100. Uh, yeah. A-, a whole, whole lot of points to very few. And there are some people out there that would take offense to that. Those people are just unfortunately very stupid. And that's just the reality of the situation, and that's all we have to really say about that. How good is USM really in basketball? It, it, it kind of feels like they might have to win their league to get into the tournament, though. It feels like that's that's going to be win the automatic qualifier. Going to have to win the tournament, the the the, the, the Sun Belt uh, tournament to get that because their net's not great, but they're a good story. I mean, they've bounced back. They're playing better. That program feels like it's moving in the right direction. Uh, yeah, so we'll just keep an eye on them. They're they're good enough to maybe win that tournament. So we'll see. Yeah, we uh, we will see, and we will see what happens on the gridiron this weekend. Like we said, the top seven football games, at least the kind of football that we follow, left until August. Seven football games left until August. Enjoy them as best you can. Mississippi State at home tomorrow night against Florida. Ole Miss is in Fayetteville tomorrow at 11 a.m. against the Hogs that are kind of reeling right now. Desperate team in Fayetteville tomorrow. We'll be back on Monday to recap it all with you. For Richard Cross, who's, I don't know, and Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, he'll be back Monday. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you then, Monday at 3. Y'all have a good weekend.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.